welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name's Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. How are you ready for a great year this year? I'm just really believing that this is a year of open heavens over your family, over your life, over every part of who you are. We're just believing and we're standing in faith with you that the Lord is gonna do something extraordinary this year. Can I hear an amen this morning? Really believing for that. Yeah, come on, let's just thank God. An open heaven, an open heaven. Last, last week, and uh, kind of I like to just spend um, the first couple of Sundays in the year, not so much setting up anything particularly except setting up us, I suppose, as people. Not setting up us corporately, but setting us up just to be ready. You know, I think Christmas, you get, I don't know if you're like me, but at the end of the year last year, I was tired, needed that holiday. And um, like most of us, and um, had that holiday. And now we're kind of approaching mid-January and it's kind of like, oh yeah, that whole thing of getting back into life. And uh, um, here we are on the second or third Sunday of January. Um, And so last Sunday I spoke about, uh, I really wanted you to wrestle with a question. And that question was, who is Jesus to me? It's a life-defining question. The answer to that is absolutely critical to who we are as His children. It is also absolutely critical and pivotal to the expression and the outworking of our lives as followers of Jesus. Who is Jesus to me? And we spoke about the difference between living in like the world, we set kind of goals and we call them New Year's resolutions. Um, But really the message was around us asking the Lord for a new revelation, us to see Jesus freshly, us to see Jesus in a brand new way, us to see Jesus for all that He is. And so we uh, kind of had that conversation last week. And today I wanna talk to you about, I wanna talk to you today about the will of God. Is that all right? If you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do, open up your phones, that little note app, delete all social media so you're not tempted by the devil himself. Uh, But right at the top of the page, I want you to write at the top of the page, discerning the will of God. Discerning the will of God. Can we pray? Is that all right? Father, we thank You right now. Lord, give us the grace to the grace and the ability to receive Your Word today. Give us those hearts that are soft. We wanna receive from You today. We're not just here just because this is what, just a part of our tradition. That's not the only reason why we're here. We're actually here, Father, because we believe that You wanna speak to us. 
We're actually here today, Holy Spirit, because we believe in the power of Your Word. We believe in the power of the saints gathering together to lift up Your Name. We believe, Father, that this is the house of God, that when we gather together where two or three agree touching anything, it can be done, it shall be done. And so, Father, today we're in agreement and we're asking for the grace to be able to receive Your Word, to not just hear it, but to be doers of Your Word. And so, Father, more than information today, I'm asking for impartation. I'm asking today, Holy Spirit, that You would come and move up and down these aisles. I pray that angels would be released to minister. Lord, that angels would be ascending and descending, bringing about breakthroughs, meeting needs. And Lord, we just thank You, Holy Spirit. We thank You for revealing Jesus to us. And so we just declare that this is Your space. This is Your moment. This is Your time. And so we just ask in the name of Jesus that You'd speak to our hearts, change our lives and let Your presence be manifest here this morning. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Thanks, David. You can have a rest, man. Is that all right? How's that top as well? (laughs) David's clothes amaze me, hey. I'm scared to go out in baggy pants and he's got diamonds everywhere. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. It's so good. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Today I want to give you four keys on discerning the will of God. Four keys. I probably won't sit down for too long because I'm pretty excited. I'm sitting down just to kind of calm myself down. I actually, this is a life hack right here. Um, but Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read. I want to give you four keys around discerning the will of God. We're going to preach to two of them today and then probably come back in a week or so and uh, preach the other two just for the sake of time. You know I like to be thorough, as thorough as I possibly can. And... Um, And so I like to take my time on some of these points and sometimes I take a bit too much time in Jesus' name. And uh, But we're here and we're going to just receive from God's Word today. Is that good? Come on, let's read read the book of Ephesians chapter 15. We're talking and I want to just lay a foundation around the will of God. The first thing that I do want to say is that uh, God's will is is, um, absolutely intricate but it's also not as complicated as you might think. In the Pentecostal tradition that I've been brought up in, uh, there is absolutely a, um, an unnecessary weight that has come with the will, the concept and the idea of the will of God. And what I mean by that is I mean that we put so much pressure on ourselves to hear from the Lord in a certain way about what He's saying, what He's doing, or what He wants to do for us, in us, or through us, we put this unusual expectation and weight of burden that it's almost paralyzing, and that's not the Spirit of God at all. In fact, that is us leaning more into tradition rather than into God's Word and the Father heart of God for your life. And so whilst God's will is specific for you, and we're going to talk about discerning the specificity, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm praying in tongues here. This is amazing. Um, While we're going to deal with the details, come on, somebody. We're going to deal with the details, but 
I also don't want you to get bogged down and trapped in the weight of religion, okay? The weight of religion that says, if I don't hear from God in a specific manner, then I'm somehow inferior. Because there are two things that God wants to speak to us. Number one, not in no apparent order, is his will for your life. But the thing that he primarily wants to speak to you about and spends a lot of scripture speaking to you about is who you are. He is interested in who you are, in the worth, in, in you understanding his heart for you, that God values you. And God's value for you is whether you are the um, whether you are the prodigal son eating pig's food or whether you're in the father's house wearing the ring. God's love never changes despite our behavior. Come on, amen. He is a good God. And so while you're beating yourself up, in fact, the spirit of religion is beating you up because you're wondering the details of God's will for your life, God is going, you've got this all wrong. My will for you primarily is in this concept of loving him and understanding that we are loved by him. In fact, anything outside of that, the param- those parameters, you are outside of God's will. <laughs> You know, I've been on many different journeys where we've been seeking God's will for our own lives. And uh, I remember a few different seasons over the last kind of 20, 30 years. I remember as a young person, as a 15, 16 year old, being on fire for God and asking God for what is his will for my life? What is it? Having a sense, having kind of a, having a, having a sense of what God's will is but being lost for words when it comes to the details at times. And that can be frustrating. can be extremely frustrating where you're wanting to hear something really specific from God about your future, but there is, feels like nothing coming back. Because there are elements to God's will where God lets you decide. There are elements to God's will where when you stay in the boundaries of what of overarching calling, that you're like God's God's not treating you. So we've got Ella is our elder. She's now only sixteen, and I'm sure this will change as we get older and older and older. But Maya's our youngest. She's just turned five years old. Now it's a great dynamic to watch because Maya's starting to rule the house with an iron fist. But the, the freedoms that we give Ella due to her level of maturity and identity due to the inside is very different to what we give Maya. Don't tell Maya that, okay? It's going to make my parenting hard this week. Um, but the truth is, is because of maturity, right? So I'm not trying to raise, the way God doesn't want to disciple you into a way where you're just like, all right, God, this, God, that, God, what, do you, do, what clothes do you, want me to, do you want me to wear the baggy pants again, Lord? I'm not really sure. Maybe I should bring up the red cross-colour ones and wear them backwards like crisscross because he'll make you jump, jump. Anyway, um, throw back to the 90s. Let's go. Um, 
But God's will, God's will, we've, we've made it so micro at times that we're asking God what pants we should wear to church and God's just like, dude, I gave you a brain for a reason. Don't wear them. <laughs> that was good. That was, anyway, um, you know what I'm saying? And so God is interested in our becoming more than he is our doing. And in fact, all doing is unhealthy when there is not an alignment with our identity. You are operating in religion. You are operating in performance. You are operating outside of God's plan for your life if your doing is ahead of your being. Are you with me? We haven't even read a scripture. I'm off track already. And so I want to talk about the will of God, but I want to put those things out there. I want you to understand this morning that yes, God has a specific detailed plan for your life that is a mystery from God waiting for you. He's hidden it, not from you, he's hidden it for you. Because God reveals, and we discovered this last week, God is not hiding revelation from us. God is hiding revelation for us. At the right moment, God will reveal his plan to you when you and I internally are ready to receive and walk in the fullness of that thing. There are also times that God reveals, and this requires maturity too, God reveals his uh, plan the will of God for your life, but immaturity says this has to happen tomorrow. Maturity says, God, this is in your timing. Joseph is a good example, isn't he? Joseph thinks this is going to be in my timing. So he goes and tells everyone, hey, I'm going to have more followers than you. My business is going to be bigger. You're going to bow down to me. In fact, I'm going to basically be your source of income and provision. Imagine saying that to your brothers if you've got brothers. That'd be interesting. And so he goes ahead of God. Now, was it God's plan? Yes. Was it God's timing? No. And so maturity in partnership with the Holy Spirit, allows us to navigate and discern the timing of God for the will of God. Is that good? So we're talking about discerning the will of God. Ephesians 15. Let's keep going. Ephesians, sorry, 5.15. See then that you walk circumspectly. I could say that word. Circumspectly. That means carefully. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Verse number 17, it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand. Everybody say understand. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. He's basically saying it is unwise not to know the will of God. So if you want to live a life that is unwise, don't understand the will of God. Live without knowing God's will for your life. But if you want to live as someone that is wise, 
then be someone that has understanding around the will of God for your life. Are you with me today? This is a big thing because your life takes a certain direction when you live it orientated around the will of God. The will of God. Hosea 4.6, you know what I quoted all the time. It says, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. What is there a lack of knowledge around? Why are they perishing? Probably many things. But when you live without knowledge, you enter into a realm that is unwise and you start perishing. And so wisdom is vital. Understanding around the will of God is absolutely vital for you in this time to live out the call of God for your life. In a time, and this isn't a political statement, but it's just a real one. But in a time where we live in a society where the government can just make a decision and we are called into following that decision, we need more than ever wisdom. We need to live as wise people according to the will of God. Are you with me? Now, equally so, some of you, your main source of truth is a thing called Rumble or YouTube or some other weird site on the internet. And you are getting fed conspiracy theories left, right and center. I'm not here to speak about the theories or anything like that. But on the equal side, while we're saying the government could throw a switch so we need to know the will of God, equally so, you and I live in a world that is trying to socially condition us to its version of truth. And so we must be more connected with the Holy Spirit than we ever have been before. You can't afford just to be getting your truth from this pulpit on a Sunday morning or some other source of preaching on that you're getting off the internet. Now, I love that. I do that. I feed myself on a daily basis. Just ask my wife. I'm always exploring some other new person that's speaking or preaching or thought or book or this or that because I want to continue to grow in my knowledge and my understanding. But I approach all of those things with wisdom and with discernment. And listen to me, this is important for you. I process theology in community. I process the will of God in community. I don't process it as an island. Why? Because I, as the pastor of this church, who's meant to have theology all together and worked out, I am a flawed, broken listener. And so I read scripture through the filter at times of what my church tradition has said, what my story of origin has said, what different things have said. And so I am constantly in environments where I'm saying, hey, Isaac, what do you think about this? Hey, hey, uh, Alicia, what does this mean to you as we grow together? Are you with me today? So the will of God. He's saying, you've got to live a wise life. In order to live wise, part of that knowledge that I want you to get is I want you to have knowledge around the will of God for your life. Everybody say the will of God. Let's go to Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Let's read that very quickly. It says this, it says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. 
but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I reckon put that on your fridge this week. Print it out, write it out. Did you, did you hear that? It is an incredible, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. They shall be strong. It's speaking of strength and capacity. For what? For the will of God for your life. To live as a follower of Jesus in this time. You'll be strong. You'll have the, the capacity. You'll have the physical, the spiritual, the psychological strength and capacity to be able to feel, fulfill the will of God for your life. Strength and capacity. I love this. I want you to underline that word or just write it down. That word there. People who know their God, spelling typo, T-H-E-I-R, know their God, copy and paste, my bad, it's all good. People that should, I know because I can see people wigging out in the church. <laughs> people are like starting to manifest like year eight English. Come on, somebody. People that know their God, T-H-E-I-R, their God, personal. So what's it saying? It's saying that we need to have a personal revelation. So strength and capacity is connected. Great exploits is connected to that simple word there, which implies ownership of an item. I was listening in class, Mrs. Hayes. See, so you've got to have a personal revelation. You've got to have a personal connection with God. You can't just have a connection with God through a pastor of the church that you go to. He's there. He's got a calling on his life to, to open heavens over you, over you. He's got a calling on his life. They do, we do, whoever that might be, to, to disciple you and to uh, shepherd you in different ways. But friend, there is a high priest that we have. There is a good shepherd that we have and his name is Jesus. And until you as a sheep are connected to the good shepherd, your life is gonna lack the strength and capacity. It is gonna lack great exploits because listen to me, Oh, this is good. I'm enjoying this because I'm letting myself off the hook today. I am not the source for Christian living, the power to, to live a Christian life for you. This service is not the source for the power for you to live a life that is strong and with great exploits. The only source is the person of Jesus who sent us Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Come on, clap your hands if you believe that today. It is just Him, just Jesus. Him and Him alone. All glory be to the name of Jesus. In fact, I prophesy that this is a time where God is deconstructing the brand of the church so that the name of the church, Jesus, can be elevated. Why? Because we've tried to build kingdom through brand, but what God's doing in this time is He doesn't need a new brand. He doesn't need a name to aid His work. I'm not against names. I'm just saying that we as the church of Jesus need to be more orientated around the person of Jesus than we ever have been before. So it's got to be personal. You want to live in, who here wants to live their life 
excuse me, with great exploits. Who wants to uh, be able to walk into a business meeting and have the Holy Spirit present with you and get a word of knowledge in that moment and operate in that word of knowledge that brings about not just a breakthrough or a miracle for someone personally, but maybe brings about a breakthrough in a deal that's at loggerheads or whatever. Who wants to move in that sort of connectivity with the Holy Spirit? Who wants to be that person that walks, uh, that, that just when you open your mouth, maybe you're a, a, a school student here today, maybe you're, you're at high school or um, whatever, and you just got this heart to reach people, but you feel bullied and you feel put down and you feel shut down and you feel like you don't have a voice. I don't know about you, but a great exploit for you is knowing that when you speak, authority comes out of your mouth. Yeah. How many want to live with that sort of authority that when you speak, wind and waves obey? That when you speak in the name of Jesus, demons tremble. Demons have a planning meeting every morning before you get up because they know that you are a carrier of the Holy Ghost in your life and you bring about freedom and breakthrough wherever you are. How many how many you want to want to be that but the great exploit for you is being that person that overcomes a generational curse of mental illness that's been handed down from generation to generation and you're the person that God's calling to break it. Yes, come on. Now not every all mental illness I want to clarify is about a, a demonic force. It's not all a demon. We all go through highs and lows, but I want to make sure that you know that there is also oppression that happens to people, spiritually speaking, in that space. Great exploits. Can I just say that this is the will of God for your life? Haven't even got to point one yet. Four keys. Might come back for the keys next week. You know what I'm saying? Because I want you to get this in your spirit. Because if you don't have a capacity in your spirit to believe for great exploits exploits, or to believe that God wants to use you powerfully, that God wants, and when I say powerfully, don't think church power. You just limited yourself. Oh, when I'm going to be a preacher and I'm going to lay hands and, no, 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 you know the power that God primarily wants me to walk in? Is breaking something over generations and generations in my family for my children. That to me is walking in power. God has great exploits for you. The four keys to discerning the will of God are pointless if you don't believe that God has something for you. And that God doesn't just have something small or something insignificant. And when I say small, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about in a worldly way of more followers and more people, more bums on seats and more stadiums and more this. I'm talking about small in the sense of not consequential or no influence. The kingdom of God is not about filling stadiums. The kingdom of God is about a mustard seed. It's about a little bit of leaving. It's just about the small bit. While we, we as the church over the last 20 years have been trying to fill auditoriums and that's been our focus, God's been looking for the ones and twos that say, I'll be that little bit of leaven that changes the whole lump. The future of evangelism in this country is not people being invited to an evangelistic crusade. 
The future of evangelism for this nation is you identifying that you are someone that has a calling from God and that God wants to use you wherever you are, whenever you are, to be that little bit of yeast, to be that salt in the earth, to be that light in the world. The reason why churches are filled with good Christian people bouncing from one church to the other church, depending on their preference. And we all change churches. I've changed churches. I'm not hating on you changing churches. Come, it's all good. But I'm just trying to help you to see that largely church growth happens through people changing. Why? Because no one is believing that God can do a great exploit through them in their daily life. I'm not hating on changing church. Come to our church. It's the best. I'm biased, but it is what it is, right? Don't clap too loudly, people. There's visitors. (laughs) But I love it. I say it's the best because it's family to me. It's people. This isn't necessarily the best. It's not bad. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the best is each other. And so I'm trying, to array, I'm trying to raise your awareness today that God has a will, has a plan, has great exploits for your life. God has a plan for your life. And we must increase. I, my prayer is that we would have a generation that pray and that say, God, we have a desire to do great exploits. We don't have a desire just to attend church. We don't have a desire just to be, just to have a nice, comfortable life. We have a desire, God, use me for great exploits. You know, one of the most powerful prayers that you can pray, doesn't matter how old or how young you are. This is a prayer that I prayed as a 14, 15 year old. I said, God, would you use me? Whatever it takes, use me. I want to do great exploits. I want to be someone that is used by you. And I feel the Lord this morning wanting to really stoke that flame again. Some of you have just been in cruise control. Life's good, job's good, family's good, but the Lord's saying, will you ask me for great exploits again? Some of you are in the opposite. You're you're just saying, my life is broken. I just experienced divorce. I've got all these mental health issues going on. I can barely find time to see my family. This is tough. This is difficult, cost of living, all those different pressures and they're real pressures. But even in the midst of that pressure, I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring you to have a dream that is far bigger than those things that you're experiencing right now. Dare to believe again. So what do we need to know? The Bible says, Ephesians tells us that we need to have understanding. Are you still there this morning? We need to have understanding. So what do we need to know? What do we need to have understanding about? Well, number one, write this down. We need to know his nature. God's will is always anchored in his nature. So the two things that we need knowledge about is we need knowledge of his nature. If you read through the new, uh, well, the new and the Old Testament, but it crescendos in the, the person of Jesus, 
you see that God has all these different names. He's Jehovah Tiskendu. He's the Lord our banner. He's Jehovah Rapha, the healer. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God that sees and provides. He's Elohim, the creator. He's all these... He, God in a, um, excuse the language, but God kind of um, for different generations in different moments establishes his nature, establishes who he is through these names. And so we have this journey of where we, we know his nature, we know who he is. See, if you don't know his nature, if you don't know who he is, you're gonna struggle to know his will you're going to struggle to acknowledge his presence in life circumstances if you don't know his nature. So you need, as well as the details around the will of God for your life, what you need knowledge around is who he is. Because the knowledge of who he is are like the boundary of his will for your life. Listen to me, there are some Especially stories in the Old Testament that God will never ask people to do again. So God's not leading you up a mountain to sacrifice your son. That was specific to Abraham. God's not doing that. That was about establishing his name as the provider. The provider of what? Well, remember the promise that Abraham had? You're going to be a father of many nations. The boundaries of God's will for your life is found in the nature of who God is. And so if you and I don't have a clear understanding of who God is, it's going to be easy for us to stray outside of what God has for our life. And so we must make it a part of our life's work to commit to getting deeper understanding and knowledge when I say knowledge, I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about how the Bible talks about knowledge. Revelation, light, from the spirit to spirit. It changes us from the inside out. We must be a people that are continuing to grow in our understanding of him. For example, he's, he's a father. He's a good father. For example, he's love. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's full of mercy. And so this is why Corinthians says, there's no, con or Romans I believe it is, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Why? Because it's outside of his nature. So when you and I come into Christ, we come into the boundaries of his nature. Are you with me? And so we need to know his nature. We need to know his nature. This is why we can read Psalms 91, where arrows are flying by night, pestilence by day. How are we living a life that is not worried in that moment? How? Because we know his nature. Are you with me? Come on. Oh man, this, this is fun to preach. It really is because you could be going through the most horrific moment in your life right now, but that does not change God's nature. Praise God. That doesn't mean that he's not able. That doesn't mean that he is not present. The presence of anxiety does not mean the absence of God's presence. God is with you. 
and God is for you. And so a significant part, if you think about it, even of Jesus' ministry was about redefining, redirecting, correcting the narrative about who God was, about God's nature. He was saying, hey, watch me. Because when you see what I do, what you're actually seeing is who the Father is. And so when you see that I don't go with the crowd and go with religion and I don't pick up a stone to stone the prostitute, but I protect her and I love her like she's my own daughter, you're seeing the heart of the Father in that moment. Are you with me? We see, so we've got to know that. We've got to also got to know, we've got to know the will of God. We've got to know the will of God. Let's do a few more scriptures in this and then we'll do the keys next week. Is that all right? Good times. The will of God. Discerning the will of God. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Someone say yes if you're with me. It says this word, it says, Epaphras, who was one of you, we're still talking about the will of God, just a, a broad brush kind of teaching on it. A bondservant of Christ greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Not some of the will of God, all of the will of God. God doesn't want your finances to be in his will, but your mind's not in his will. God wants you to be all of you to be in the will of God. Your healing, your success, power is found when you are in God's will, in God's will. And this doesn't mean, again, just to clarify, because life happens, doesn't it? The body doesn't do what the, I want the body to do. <laughs> the body is... Something that as age progresses, things happen. <clears throat> Sickness happens. There are mysteries in the Bible that we don't completely understand. Like Elijah, he, he died of sickness. Can you believe that? I mean, John the Baptist ushered in Jesus but died by being beheaded. So life happens. The presence of those things doesn't mean we're outside of God's will. So one of the things that you need to understand about God's will is that it requires patience and endurance for you to continue to walk in God's will because God is a God of seasons. And so don't be itching to get out of the season you're in without discerning what God's trying to do in the season. Otherwise, you walk out of the season that you're in with incomplete development in certain areas just because it was painful, because we love comfort. The opposite is true, though, too. And so one of the classic ways that the devil, Satan, tries to attack you is to by luring you outside of God's will. Just luring you outside. Why? Because then 
you and I end up, we end up, when we're out of alignment with what God wants for our life, we end up working against ourselves. Soon as we come out of alignment with what God has for us, outside of his, and we'll talk a bit, a bit more about how to know that next week, but as soon as we come out of alignment, the devil doesn't need to worry about us because we'll end up working against ourselves rather than working in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 10, 36, for you have need of endurance. Don't you love that word? For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. See, the promise that you receive is connected to your understanding and the doing of the will of God. Did you hear that scripture? It's, pretty, it's an important one. Have a listen to it. It's, it says, for you have need of endurance. Everybody say endurance. Yeah. Turn to your neighbour and say, you've got to endure. Yeah. Turn to your other neighbour and say, just a few more minutes of this sermon. <laughs> I'm enduring in Jesus' name. You can make it. I'm prophesying over you right now. You can make it. You're going to make it. It's going to be, we're going to be good. But you and I need endurance. You need to learn the godly quality of endurance, of keeping on when everything else around you says quit. When cursing God seems like the easy option and walking away from your faith seems like the logical thing, you've got to exercise endurance. We like to call it in this modern age with our children anyway, resilience. We need to grow in our resilience as followers of Jesus. We've been so suckered into the subtle, I believe that God wants to prosper us, I'm all for prosperity, but we've made prosperity the measuring stick of whether God loves us or not. And God loves you regardless whether you're in a prison cell with nothing or whether you have a lot. That's what Paul said. Your identity and values, nothing to do with your outside world, has everything to do with who you are, just period and full stop. God loves you. The circumstances that are happening in your life, they're not trying to, the cosmos or God is not trying to communicate to you his value for you through those things. <laughs> We've got to endure. Listen, it says, it says, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So before we were all pumped about great exploits, that's the promise. But look what the Bible says in Hebrews. It tells us when we're gonna receive the promise. And we receive the promise after we've endured and done the will of God. At times, we, I think in this Western version of church, we think it should be the other way. Just give me it now and then I'll endure, but at least I'll be enduring in my Bentley. Come on, somebody. At least I'll be enduring by the poolside. Come on, somebody. At least I'll be enduring when all of my dreams and visions have come to pass. No, you've got to have some stamina because you and I are in a spiritual battle. And if you think the enemy is just gonna give up 
progression and growth and kingdom advancement just because you and I have a happy, clappy time at church. You have been deceived. You and I are in a spiritual battle that at times, like Paul said, I prayed three times. What's he saying? He's saying, I had three specific seasons of intense prayer that I prayed that the thorn in my flesh would lead me. But God's reply to me was your, that His grace is sufficient for Him. In other words, even in the midst of something Paul didn't really want to have there, God said, I'm going to supply, I'm going to meet that need with grace to a level of sufficiency that even though that thorn, that, that sickness, that, that struggle, that thing that you haven't in your own ability got the power to change, I'm still going to supply you with a measure of grace because you have a will, you have great exploits, but in order to receive it, you've got to endure. You've got to endure. You've got to keep going through. When does the promise come? The promise comes after. There's not much amening on that point, is there? The promise comes after. One of the things you've got to commit to this year, I've spoken about this for years now, is that we have become so, we've become so committed. We've become, what's the right word? We've become so familiar with comfort. Now, I reckon there's been an unhealthy balance in church life in different pockets of the church. We grew up in a quite a legalistic, um, going back to kind of our teenage kind of years and early 20s, where it was quite legalistic, where it was just like sell your soul, not for God, but for the church. It was like our mantra was whatever it takes, but it was whatever it takes for a man, not for Jesus. <laughs> and so there was an unhealthy, abusive part of that whole language, which thank God the church has grown through and matured through. But on the flip side, there must be a spirit inside of us that says, God, if you want to use me, I'm available. And if you want to use me, I'm prepared to do whatever it takes. Listen to me. Do not pray this prayer unless you are ready for God to shake you out of comfort. You say, why shake me out of comfort? What's wrong with comfort? Doesn't God want me to have nice things? That's not what I'm saying. That's certainly not what I'm saying. I'm saying even the things that you're finding comfort from become God's property, not yours. And at a moment, you have the ability to lay it down. I'll be real with you, and I don't mean this to, to make anyone feel a sense of insecurity as a part of our church family, but if God spoke to me and say, Matt, you're not the pastor of this church anymore, bam. He's not, but I'm just saying, this is not an idol to me. So you can critique all my sermons all you want. Praise God for you. Start a blog. That'd be fun, actually. <laughs> like it's all good because my identity and value does not come from whether I get claps while I'm up here. It comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from the car 
I drive. Honda Ronda. <laughs> we love Honda Ronda. We thought Honda, Honda Ronda, which is our black Honda, it's pretty old, was going to die at the end of last year. <laughs> she didn't. We've even, well, Maya gave her a tattoo. She's a part of the family. Maya picked up a stone pre us putting a driveway down and just engraved a nice painting in the side of Honda. We are talking about endurance now, come on. Let's read one last scripture. David, would you mind just jumping up? Hebrews 13:20. Now may the God of peace who brought you up out of our Lord Jesus. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Listen to this verse number 21. Make you complete make you complete or perfect or entire in every good work. Why? To do His will. Then listen to this. Working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I wanna say it like this. It's got to be in you in order for it to come through you. For the will of God to come through you You've got to allow Him to work that in you. For the will of God to flow through your life, for great exploits to flow through your life. And it's my prayer in this prophetic atmosphere that God would start dropping visions. He's going to start putting pictures and words pictures on the screen of your sanctified imagination right now. He's gonna start putting words and thoughts into your mind right now. He's gonna start giving you dreams and visions. That's what the Bible says will happen when the Holy Spirit comes in these last days. And I believe in this prophetic atmosphere as God starts speaking to you and expanding your capacity to believe. In fact, I believe that that's the prayer. That is the prayer that we're gonna pray at the end of this service. God, give me the capacity to believe that You can use me for great and mighty exploits. Give me the capacity to believe that God, You can use someone like me to do great things. But you and I need to understand that it is a working in before it's a working out. It's about a working in before it is a working out. It's not about stepping out and just doing something for the sake of doing something. It's about in God's timing through the transformation that happens on the inside of you, you begin to walk out what God, what you've allowed by the Spirit to be worked in. Are you with me today? See, the reason why the will of God is not complicated the will of God is not complicated. It's simply because when you get close to Jesus through Holy Spirit, you start discerning. You start, you, there's an alignment that happens. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to close. Hope you got something out of that this morning.
Praise the Lord. Come on, why don't we just close our eyes? You can lift your hands if you want to do so. But all we're going to do this morning, this is a launch pad. I'm excited now about the next few weeks. But we're just going to pray. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit that God would give us the capacity. God would give us the capacity. The capacity. God would give us the grace to believe that He wants to use us for great exploits. So come on right now, would you begin to open your mouth, just begin to pray, say, God, would you give me the grace? Just say those exact words if you like. Say, God, give me the grace to receive. God, give me the grace to receive. Give me the grace to receive. Lord, increase and enlarge my capacity right now. Father, thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Lord, I live with myself, so I'm familiar with my shortcomings. I'm familiar with the areas that, Father, could be be perceived to be a blockage. But Father, I'm asking today, despite all those things, I come before You with humility, Father, and I ask for the grace. I ask for the anointing. I ask for the power. I ask that You would increase my capacity to believe that You wanna use me for great and mighty exploits. That You wanna use me, Father, to not just see a handful of people touched with the power of God, but Father, You wanna raise me up to see a generation marked with the power, influenced with the, by the Gospel of Jesus Christ. So Lord, enlarge, 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 increase the capacity, increase my ability, Father, to receive that Word. Let me believe again, Father. Lord, right now, I feel the Holy Spirit saying that some of you, you need to lay down past disappointment. You need to lay down what has not happened because it's become a blockage to what God wants to do right now. And so come on, just take that before the Lord and say, God, I just lay that down right now. I lay that disappointment. I lay that whole situation. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go. But Father, I refuse for it to be a blockage anymore. Forgive me, Father, for holding on to that thing that You called me to lay down. And Father, increase my capacity. Let me dream again. Let me believe again. Let me believe again, Holy Spirit. Let me believe again, Holy Spirit. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Come on, would you lift your hands before Him today? Thank You, Father. We bless You today. We bless You today. We bless You today. We bless You, Lord. You're so good, Father. You're so good, Lord. You're so good, Lord. We bless You, Father. You're so good. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation be released in this room right now. God, open people's eyes. Let them have visions of who You are right now. Let them have dreams right now, Father. Oh, wonderful Jesus. Oh, wonderful Jesus. Oh, wonderful Jesus. We bless You. 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 We bless the wonderful Name of Jesus. Ruth, I just believe that God's opening a new door this morning. A door that you've asked the Lord if He's shut it. God says, I'm opening. There's a release happening right now in the Name of Jesus. So if you're just around Ruth, maybe Coralie and Jess or those that know her, just put a hand on her. Father, we just thank You, Lord, right now. I see that open door in the Name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And Ruth, I wanna encourage you with the story of Joseph as the Lord brings it to my heart right now. He had a dream, but he spent a long time, a long time not seeing even close to the reality of that dream being fulfilled. But God in one swift action, in one day, in one day, in one day, one day, just one day while He was enduring, while He was being patient, while He was just doing and stewarding what the Lord had put in His hand, in one day, a heaven opened up over Him. The heavens opened over Him and He interpreted the King's dream. And in one day, that dream was fulfilled. In one day, He went from having nothing to receiving everything that He needed for that to come to pass. And I see the Lord saying, I'm calling you daughter of mine to walk in that one day, in that one day. We declare it over you. All of the resource, all of the power, everything that you need to walk in the fullness of God. In the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. You know, we're going we're gonna to close. And um, I just feel to pray for a few more people. If you want prayer, you can hang around and we can pray. Um, parents, I want to invite you to go and grab your kids from our wonderful kids team that are serving your family and your children so well. Grab a coffee too. Um, but if you want to receive prayer or anything, some of our team are going to be around and we just want to minister. We want to minister to you. And so um, feel free to just come down the front.